The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. And head on over to puntandpass.com, the number one destination on the internet for everything college football it's got our youtube page up there it's got everywhere our podcast is distributed our merchandise store our blog our picks it's the best place on the internet for college football puntandpass.com all right aaron conference championship weekend is over the college football playoff is set we have tons to discuss everything that went down on the field this Saturday, but most importantly, what we watched earlier today, we're taping this on a Sunday night, the selection show happened, and everybody knew that there was going to be tons of controversy this year in particular. So here we go. Number one, Alabama. That's pretty obvious. Number two, Clemson. Even more obvious after they drubbed Notre Dame. Ohio State sneaks in at three. Notre Dame at four. They're the top four. Do you want to discuss this first? Should we talk about the games? Uh, a lot of different directions here. Yeah, well, let's just start with the playoffs. I mean, that's what yeah. everyone wants to kind of discuss right now. I mean, the, the, the end goal was to to get to the playoffs, to be one of these four teams right now. And, you know, obviously Alabama Clemson cemented it with, with the way they played and, and winning the SEC and ACC. There's no question about that. One and two, that's easy. Ohio State looked like crap. Yes. I mean, awful. And it, 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 I agree. Because while Lave wasn't playing, they were missing a bunch of players. There's been plenty of other teams this year who have had to deal with missing players, both offensively, defensively, special teams, and have looked a lot better than Ohio State. So Ohio State has had two opportunities to play ranked teams. Northwestern, as they are ranked, and they use that as a data point, oh, they just beat a ranked team in the Big Ten Championship game. Northwestern's not that damn good. No. They're just not. Northwestern's not a top 15 team, I'm sorry to say. Defensively, I like them. They're not a top 15 team at the end of the day. Both teams, Indiana and them, Ohio State did not play great. <laughs> I know. They I like know. Crap both games. They look like crap versus Indiana. They look crap like crap versus Northwestern. Justin Fields played terrible in both those games. So you look at them, uh, six games, didn't play great all season, 
I mean, listen, if you would have just taken, I've said this multiple times now, if you would have just taken the the Ohio State logo off those players and just watched the tape without seeing anything and didn't know who Justin Fields was and any of that, you'd be like, this team's not that good. This team doesn't deserve to be I agree. They're Ohio State and Justin Fields is a potential top five pick in the draft, even though he did not play like that this year. So they get automatically that chance to be the number four and then jump to number three with winning the Big Ten. So don't agree with that. You know, I, I, I've been saying that I thought Notre Dame was going to be in regardless. Listen, they played a great season. Great win versus Clemson, even though, you know, the, the excuse is they no Trevor Lawrence. Defensive players were missing. Tremendous win versus North Carolina on the road. So For sure. data points were there. I was in the mindset of it would be a little bit closer. I did not think that Clemson would just wax the crap out of I did. Them. And and Notre Dame screwed up. You 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 picked that one right, Drug. <laughs> they screwed up. First yes. quarter, they had opportunity to to go up 10-0. Uh they ended up missing the field goal, another drop pass and fourth down. Like they had opportunities to make it a game in the first quarter. They didn't. Great teams make those plays. Notre Dame obviously didn't. Clemson capitalized and kind of ran away with it and kind of flexed on them a little bit. So it's that was really the interesting question. You knew they were going to keep Ohio State in. Would Notre Dame, with such a brutal loss, be that number four spot? And, you know, I've been watching videos all day and reading and listening, and, you know, I'm still kind of torn on the whole situation. Yes, Texas A&M has looked great. Yes, Texas A&M lost early in the season to a tremendous Alabama football team. But, I mean, Texas's great win uh, against Florida at home has, has been hurt these past two weeks. It hurt that Florida lost to, to LSU at home, a, a not very good LSU team. I mean, they've played better these past two weeks, and a lot of props to Max Johnson the way he's played. Uh, and then obviously losing this weekend to Alabama. So now all of a sudden, Florida's 8-3. and three. So, you know, maybe if Florida was 9-2 and two with the way they played Alabama, maybe Texas A&M would have had a little bit more – power to jump into the top four i just think they the committee loves notre dame there's yeah. no question about it they have the brand they did have some big wins this season i understand why they are number four i'm just saying i could have understand why they would have dropped them out and put AM at number four instead and my lonely cincinnati is at number eight so i'm so disappointed with those guys, especially after winning their conference championship I, I totally agree with you okay yesterday in the moment watching the acc championship game watching clemson blow out notre dame it was not competitive i told you clemson would win by two plus touchdowns they of course did that i thought their familiarity with the situation their experience in conference championship games the leadership of trevor lawrence uh etn wanting to get some uh, revenge for the poor game that he had in South Bend. I just thought it was the perfect storm for Notre Dame to, or excuse me, for Clemson to show up and stop Notre Dame. So while I'm watching the game and while I'm emotional, I'm on Twitter and I'm saying, you know what, this is peak Notre Dame, right? Like they are the only team that could lose the conference championship game and still make it into the playoff, which of course they did. I woke up this morning though. And I thought to myself, you know what? You can make the case for Notre Dame to be one of the four best teams in the nation. They played 11 games. They played a true conference schedule. They were undefeated throughout their regular season. They did beat the number one team, Clemson, granted in two overtimes against their backup quarterback. Still, that's a victory. They did have a dominant performance against UNC on Thanksgiving weekend, a top 25 team that's going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Yes, they fell flat on their face yesterday, but I think in this situation and in this season, there is a premium for playing the game. So I woke up this morning and said, you know what? I'm okay with Notre Dame getting in because at the end of the day, 
Bama's going to blow them out. I mean, that was the hardest thing for me. Who can you put at number four? Which brings me to my next point. Ohio State should not be in the college football playoff. Ohio State has only played six games. Are you kidding me? The Big Ten had to change their rule to allow Ohio State to even play in the Big Ten Championship. Aaron, do you know how many times this season Ohio State played consecutively on back-to-back weeks? Once. Once. That is a total joke. Total joke. Now, look, I understand that they have to play the cards that were dealt to them. I understand that the Big Ten had insane COVID protocols and guidelines throughout this season. I get it, but the fact of the matter is this, and as we've learned from the past three weeks, you can't take any of these games for granted. You know, I'm watching the SEC championship game last night with my wife, Jackie, huge Bama fan. Florida's making it close late, and I sit there and I look at her and I go, you know what's crazy? If Florida didn't lose to LSU last weekend, the way they're playing Alabama tonight, they probably would have gotten into the college football playoff. I really do think so. I mean, they blew it against LSU, and that brings me back to my point. Ohio State should not be in the college football playoff. You are 100% correct, Aaron. Change the jerseys that they're wearing. Your bias on the college football committee says this team is not one of the four best teams in the nation. And then they trot out Gary Barda. Iowa's athletic director, who's the chairman of the college football playoff committee, and we have to sift through his after-the-fact explanations as to how they got these four and why they're ranked where they are. It's totally ridiculous, all right? I think as of right now, I'm okay with expanding it, at least a trial period, but the number one thing, and I keep saying this, is televise the meetings. I want to know what they're saying. You You know, because Gary Barta, poor guy, he's got to catch all the heat. There's 13 people in there who are coming up with this decision. I want to know what they're saying. It's a disservice to the college football fan, um, and it's an invitational. That that is what it is. I get it. It's TV revenue. It's TV dollars. Who would you have put at four? Even if you put Notre Dame at three and let Clemson and Notre Dame have their rubber match in the Sugar Bowl, I think A&M, probably would have been the best bet to give Alabama somewhat of a competitive game. But that's where I have the trouble. Like, there's two really good teams in college football, three, maybe four. I just can't find that fourth team, Aaron. No, it's tough. And, you know, that's when it comes down to the debate of, do we want to expand the playoffs? Yeah. Do we not? Because the fact is that they, they, you know they're – it's it's good to expand it for the fact that you, you maybe you get a Cinderella, maybe you get an upset. I doubt it. I just think this is a year where Alabama is just that much better than everyone else, where Clemson's that much better than everyone else. Um, but it, you could slowly start to make things a little bit more even across the country if you do expand the playoffs. And, you know, I've talked to CC and, and New Heisel about this. I don't know if we brought it up on the show at all with you. And, you know, kind of the Pac-12 right now is getting screwed. You know, obviously they, they need a win to get into the playoffs. But when, when you're, you're a California kid, and you're watching the playoffs year in, year out, what do you see? You see Alabama, you see Clemson, you see teams in the Southeast winning it. And who are some of the top quarterbacks in the country right now, up-and-coming quarterbacks? They play for Clemson, and they play for Alabama. Two five-star kids are ready to take over next season that are both from the West Coast. They're stealing all the West Coast kids because they're saying, listen, the Pac-12 is not getting into the playoffs. Why would you want to play in the Pac-12? You come over to Clemson, you come across the country, so – Right now, the Pac-12 is just getting 
um, I don't want to use that word, just getting just pounded right now yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in a not so good way by all these teams because of the playoffs and because of the fact there's only four spots. It's I think right now it's only going to get harder and harder and harder for a team in that league to be able to compete consistently because, like I said, man, if I'm a quarterback and I live in California and I want to play for championships, I'd do the same thing as yeah. those other guys right now. I would go somewhere in the southeast. You know, and you bring up a fantastic point, and it is so true. And and they screwed themselves, and so did the Big Ten. The conference commissioner screwed these two conferences before the season even started. I mean, they were behind the eight ball before the season even started. It is amazing. It is nothing short of amazing what the SEC and the ACC and the American Athletic Conference were able to do this season. They did it. They said they would. They had patience. They took their time. They figured out how to make it work, and they did a really good job with that. Now, Kirk Herbstreit said something today that I thought was 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 a really good point to bring up on the selection show before they announced the top four teams because they're sitting there going, look, guys, what is the role of the committee? The role of the committee is to put the four best teams in the college football playoff. And Kirk Herbstreit said, well, well, hold on. Let's step back one bit. Who are the four best teams? Are we talking about the four best teams today, December 20th? Are we talking about the four best teams over the cumulative season from September to today? Are we talking about the four best teams regardless of how many games they play? Because he said, he goes, I wouldn't want to play Oklahoma right now. Spencer Rattler's certainly catching his groove. Their defense is much improved. He even said, he goes, I wouldn't want to play Georgia right now. Totally different team than what they were earlier in the season. JT Daniels leading the offense and the leadership that he has shown, the ability to push the ball down the field. And then he mentioned Cincinnati. You know, he goes, Cincinnati, unfortunately, is simply not going to get a chance. They won their conference championship game against a top 25 opponent in a pouring down rainstorm. I mean, they are undefeated group of five team sitting at number eight. Uh, It's just unfortunate. They just need to. They just need to tell the group of five that listen, you're not going to figure get out it. your own thing. 100. Let, let's just move on and, and just cut it where it is, and 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 let's just be honest. You guys are never going to get in, and let the group of five do their own damn. Yeah, play. I uh, let them go and have their own playoffs because it's just it's you know we're competitors, man, and 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 if there's no just shoot me straight trophy or goal or yep. destination at the end of it, what the hell are you playing for? You want an opportunity to win a championship and to be able to compete. And the fact that like we've done everything. We've won our conference championship. We've gone undefeated. The AAC is a good division. It's a yeah. good conference, especially when you look at how bad the Big Ten is, how bad uh, the Big 12 was at times this season. Like, Why are we getting overlooked? We have checked off every single box, yet for some reason we're moving backwards. We hit a certain point, and then we just started going backwards instead of forward, which is crazy because teams in front of us are losing. Florida's lost two straight weeks. They lost to LSU, a team that was under 500. <laughs> yeah. They lost to Alabama. They move, they're, they're, they're about the same, where Cincinnati just wins, 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 yeah. wins their conference championship, yet they're still behind these teams. So, you know, they just need to let the group of five know, if you guys want a championship, if you want a playoff, then and, and until we expand this thing and make it eight to include maybe a, group, a couple group of five teams – then yes, you need to go do your own thing, and and I'd be all for it. I shoot, I'd go call those games because I think there's yeah. teams this year: Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, San Jose State is a damn good football team. Defensively, they're sound. 
They got some skill. Nick Starkle's playing well. That was your lock of the week. There's some good teams in the group of five this year that, you know, could they beat Alabama? Probably not. But do they deserve a shot to at least have the opportunity to be on the field with them? Yes, yep. I do. I think they have a sh- I, I think they deserve a shot based on what they've done to be able to have that opportunity to play that football game. I 100% agree with you. Um, it's unfortunate. I was, I was really saddened to see Cincinnati at number eight. They, they should have been number six, I think. I, I think yeah. you keep A&M at five. I think you put Cincinnati at six. They are undefeated. Oklahoma has lost two games. Yes, I understand they just won the Big 12 championship. They are ranked number six. Florida has three losses. They're ranked number seven. I just don't I don't get that. There's far too many inconsistencies. And that brings me to the Texas A&M conversation because I'd love your thoughts here. Um, I respect these guys. Of course, one of my favorite parts of conference championship weekend is the immediate stumping after the game. Jimbo Fisher saying, we're one of the best four teams in the country. If you want one of the, all the four best teams, we are one of them. Put us in the playoff. After Notre Dame gets blown out, Brian Kelly says, we're one of the four best teams. I mean, it's hilarious to see what happens. But today on social media, Texas A&M, they were just firing off after they were left out. Coach Mike Elko, their defensive coordinator, tweeted out, I may never watch an ESPN analyst talk again for the rest of my life. I tweeted back at him. I said, just listen to punt and pass. We got you, Coach. Listen to punt and pass. And then Kellen Mund, as soon as it happened, says, joke. He said, it is a joke what the rankings were and how they came out to be. And I'm looking for uh, what else he added on to it. And he said, this is the narrative. Everybody keeps saying Texas A&M has no quality wins. Kellen Munn says, all of these SEC teams that are quote-unquote mediocre in the media's eyes would run the table in some of these other conferences. Only a few teams out of the SEC can really play in the SEC. Uh, do you think A&M deserved to be in the college football playoff? Okay. Do you think they deserve It's tough being fifth. Georgia's yeah. been fifth the past two seasons. And guess what? If they took it to an 18 playoff this year, Georgia's ranked ninth. So they wouldn't get in either. But uh, do you think A&M should be in? Um, I, like I said at the beginning of the show, man, I'm torn right now because I've loved the way Ohio State has played this whole season. I mean, they, they've been great all year long besides this past weekend. And, and you can kind of say that this weekend was a play-in game and, um, you know, the fact that they lost the way they lost and that, that they pissed away their opportunity. But I just feel like there's been too many games this year where I've watched A&M and I've been like, eh, eh, eyeball test. Are they really that good? Vandy, first game of the season, blah. Alabama, second game of the season, got their butt kicked. Um Versus LSU, 20-7, to seven, offense looked terrible. I mean, I just feel like there's been certain games this year where you've watched A&M, you're like, yeah. I just don't think they're that good. But they've played the games, you know what I mean? They've like played, They have yeah. played the games, they found ways to win, so you got to give them credit for that. So, you know, like I said, I, I think five's a good spot for them. If, if they would have been four, would I have been mad? No. Uh, but, I, you know, I've been, I've been waving the Notre Dame flag here, so maybe that's why I'm sick with them a little bit. Um, so, it, to me, those two teams are a coin flip. Uh, I'm still with you, though. I'm still upset that Ohio State's in this thing. I I think, to me, that's my bigger issue. I would have loved to see Notre Dame 3, Texas A&M 4 above Ohio State at the end of the day. Yeah, I have more of an issue that Ohio State is in it than Notre Dame. 100%. uh, 100%. Sharon Williams. That's what everyone wants to keep focusing on is is Notre Dame. Like I said, I I think people should have more of a beef for the fact that Ohio State has had two opportunities to play ranked teams. They've looked like crap in those games. They haven't looked great all season, and they've played six games. 
Notre Dame deserves to be in there above them. Yeah. And I think Texas A&M does as well. I, I, I do agree with that. Uh, Sharon Williams from Pro Football Talk tweeted out this. I love that people are saying it's not Ohio State's fault that they didn't play more games, but then turn around and rationalize keeping Texas A&M out because they didn't beat anyone good. You can't have it both ways. I agree with that. Look, Texas A&M played the games. They played nine games, all SEC games. Yes, they got drubbed by Alabama. I just think that if you gave Texas A&M another chance with two weeks to prepare, no Jalen Waddle, um, Alabama starting center is not going to be in the college football playoff. Like I think they might have a shot to keep Look, it close. I don't see Notre Dame keeping this game close. And Vegas well, has set the line at Alabama as a seventeen and a half point favorite. Listen, I mean, let's 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 just forget about Alabama and Clemson because I think Alabama and Clemson they're 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 going to win their games. Those two teams are better than everyone else. I agree. A&M and Ohio State on a field right now. Who are you taking? I would take A&M. I would too. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's look at that. I mean, if we're, to, if we're seriously talking about the four best teams in the country, and we know Alabama and Clemson are the for sure, and it's now these next two spots between three teams, I would take A&M. I honestly think A&M would beat Notre Dame and Ohio State right now. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and again, like, like. And I think Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame beats Ohio State. Like, how is that question well, not saying, brought up in the committee meeting? Robin, if they played around Robin, I don't think Ohio, I think Ohio State would be the odd man out. Yep. Yeah. And, and like that, the, the way you poise that question, how was that not brought up in the committee meeting? And how does the American public not get to see how those 13 people respond to that question? That's unfortunate. I love what Peter Burns from SEC Network tweeted out as well. He said, Big Ten. We're not going to play football this season. Actually, you know what? We changed our minds. Hey, you have to play six games to qualify for our conference championship. Actually, you know what? We've changed our minds. Hey, we have a 21-day safety protocol for COVID for our athletes. Oh, you know what? Actually, we've changed our minds. I mean, they did everything they could to ramrod Ohio State into the college football playoff, and it worked. And you know what? Ohio State almost lost that game. I mean, Northwestern was leading at half. They get out of there with a victory, 22-10. to 10. Um, Clemson took care of Notre Dame, 34-10. to 10. It was 34-3 to 3 for most of the game. Notre Dame couldn't even sniff the opposite side of the field. Um, and let's touch on this SEC championship game, man. Alabama, 52 Florida, 46. I thought this was going to be a blowout. I will give Dan Mullen a ton of credit. Uh, he can scheme it up on offense, man. Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony. I'm surprised Alabama let Kadarius Tony get loose early in the game and get in the groove. Florida showing some grit, coming back late, making it a football game. And I really do believe if Florida didn't lose to LSU last week, based on how they played last night, they would have made a great case to sneak into the college football playoff. Yeah, they could have um, if they would have been able to win that one. And, and, and if they would have been LSU, then, then yes, they would have had a great opportunity to make the case that, hey, we made this a four-quarter game. We almost snuck it out and had a potential to win it. Uh, it was a great football game. You know, it really was. It really Alabama. was. I thought, was gonna, I thought Alabama was going to run away with it. It's still mind-blowing to me that we're seeing SEC championship games where it's like 50-something to 40-something. Like, yeah, oh. I know. Then, you know. I said this to my, my dad this morning, too. It's not like there was the, the defense was that bad. Some of those passes that those quarterbacks were making were just perfect. I mean, the, yeah, the, the, the yeah. indefensible. There, there were some times where guys were open. Obviously, the first touchdown of Tony, I mean, he just beat the guy one-on-one inside fade. But there were throws in that game where you're like, how the hell did he squeeze that one in there? Like windows are super tight, defenders are there, and that's just 
goes back to just how elite th these two quarterbacks are. And then the fact that, you know, I don't know if Trask is going to make it into the, into the Heisman discussion to finish the season off because of the way that those three guys played for Alabama, because of the way Trevor Lawrence played in the ACC championship game, does he get left out? But he played a hell of a ball game. The location of those passes were tremendous. So I'm not snubbing the defenses too much because I just think the, the offenses were on a different level. Those guys, Najee, Devontae, Mac Jones, Tony, Pitts. Uh, I mean, you could make an All-American team between those two teams pretty much. Yeah, offensively. You, I mean, you could have it all. Just those offenses could make an All-American team right there. And a bunch of those guys are going to be All-Americans. A bunch of those guys are going to be in the in the Heisman discussion. It was it was one of the most entertaining games I've seen in the SEC championship game. Uh, a lot of fun, but you know, the, the better team won at the end of the day. And that's all that matters. Dude, Alabama 11 and 0 SEC champs in all SEC schedule. And Aaron, they averaged 49.7 points per game this season. Truly unbelievable. I mean, what they did last night, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devonte Smith, Najee Harris had what? Five touchdowns. Devonte Smith had two uh, Mac Jones threw for five. I saw a tweet today that said, here's how the Heisman Trophy presentation should go. They give it to Mac Jones. He hands it off to Najee Harris. Najee Harris pitches it back to Mac Jones. Mac Jones throws it to Devontae Smith. They all share it. I mean, it's really unbelievable what these guys have done, and I said it on Thursday. This team is not getting enough love. It's one of the best teams We've ever seen, and I think they're going to blow out Notre Dame. Again, like I said, it's a 17.5-point line as of right now, and I am fired up for the opportunity to see Clemson play Alabama for the fifth time. I think that's fantastic, and I think it's what the college football world deserves. The national championship, of course, is in um, it's in Miami oh, in January. If, if, if Alabama wins the next two games and they're crowned national champs, this is – this is a better team than LSU was last year. Oh, I like that. I, I would agree with you. 13 I mean, no. Yeah, I agree with you. 100%. It, is. it is a better football team based on, you know, all SEC schedule, the way this offense, I know LSU's offense last year, it was, you know, one of the best, if not the best of all time. Defensively, they struggled a lot. I think Alabama's defense has been more consistent than what LSU's defense was last season. I think it's a better overall team. I think you put LSU last year. In Alabama this year on the same field, I think Alabama this year wins that football game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I really do too. I just don't I don't see how you could slow down this offense, and no. clearly Florida couldn't either. I did not see Florida scoring forty six points in the game. My lock was the under seventy four and a half. That got blown through. I had guessed fifty five to seventeen. I did not think Florida was going to mm -hmm. be able to bounce back after a rocky week um, and, and a lot of uncertainty heading into the game. Speaking of uncertainty, do you think Florida is going to part ways with Todd Grantham? Seeing a lot of rumors on social media. Um, think about mm -hmm. some of the other coaches that might be available to step in as the defensive coordinator. Look, Christian you know, Robinson. Yeah, I mean, you wonder if he could get promoted, but you just, you know, you don't know. Somebody's going to have to take the fall. Florida lost three games this season, and um, it's just crazy because A&M put up a ton of points on them. LSU, I mean, my God, who knows what the fallout was of that game. And then, you know, you get you get 52 hung on you in the SEC championship game. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, I think they, those two guys obviously have a great relationship. They were together there at Mississippi State. He brought them over when he came got the job at Florida. So I don't know if one bad year uh, is going to cost Grantham his job. So I don't see him leaving, but you know, I, 
I also didn't think many coaches were going to get fired this year. And, and, you know, just look at the news last year with last week with Gus, one, one guy that I tweeted about yesterday who, who needs to be considered for the Auburn job is Sarkeesian. You know, yeah. I don't know what your thoughts on Sark- what he's done this season. You could say, Oh, well, he is the best running back and quarterback and receivers and blah, blah. He the dials he, it up, man. The way he creates those matchups, the way he understands what the defense is going to do and some of the play calls and, that kind of stuff. I mean, the, just go back to that Najee Harris kind of hitch and slant. That was a touchdown there in that game. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that, that he's able to create, understand, okay, this is what my guy's good at. Let me go put him out there. How many, how many other teams are moving their running backs out there and giving them a hitch, pause, slant route for a touchdown? I mean, they have the balls to do that kind of thing in the SEC championship game. Um, I think Sarkeesian has been one of the best, best play callers I've seen in a long time. I think the guy deserves a chance to 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 interview there for that Auburn job, and I think he's the best. I think he's the best guy for it. Honestly, I would love to see him roaming the sidelines there at Auburn next season. Yeah, reports are that he is actually going to interview for it, so I'll be interested to see which direction they go. To your point, I mean, when you see Devonte Smith running open in an SEC championship game, like one on one on a slant route, obviously his speed is going to win that matchup. You go, how the hell does that even happen? And it's how he creates those mismatches at the line of scrimmage with some misdirection on some motion stuff. It's really impressive. Hopefully, he's kind of got it together on the personal side. Obviously, those demons are what haunted him and his other two stints as a head coach. But if he were to stay in the SEC and keep his head on straight, who knows what could happen. Um, Really an amazing weekend of college football. The other games are set. The Sugar Bowl, of course, is the other semifinal game. Clemson's taking on Ohio State, a rematch of the Fiesta Bowl from a year ago, which was an awesome football game. Clemson's a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the early line, Aaron. Um, the Rose Bowl, which is Alabama-Notre Dame, moving to Dallas. I love it. I absolutely love this. The corporate exodus from the state of California is continuing with the Rose Bowl. They're going to Texas, just like other top Fortune 100 companies Sick of California's craziness. But Brian Kelly said it, and Notre Dame's head coach, he was like, if parents can't go to the semifinal game, what are we doing? Move the game. They ended up moving it. Here is the New Year's Six games. Georgia is going to play in the Peach Bowl against Cincinnati. So that's an eight versus nine matchup. We can touch on that in just a minute. The Orange Bowl is a great matchup as well. Number five, Texas A&M is going to take on North Carolina. The Cotton Bowl is an interesting matchup, Aaron. Oklahoma. Number six, Oklahoma taking on number seven, Florida. And then Fiesta Bowl, Oregon, Pac-12 champs, Oregon. (laughs) I guess they're Pac-12 champs. Taking on Big 12 runner-up, Iowa State. Um, You know, I'm already seeing... Who, 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 because we've already seen a million opt-outs already this season. And and for Florida, Pitts has already decided he's declared for the draft. He's opting out of the bowl game and opting out of his, and and foregoing his senior season. So I think a lot of these games, I think it's going to be, we got to wait to see who's actually going to play in the damn game. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that's going to be the issue. I think you're going to see a wave of guys here in the next few days saying, uh, we're going to forego bowl game, we're moving on, and we're just going to start getting ready for the NFL draft. Just like Kyle sure. Pitts. Kyle yeah, Pitts said just like he's Kyle out, Pitts. obviously. So, um, yeah, so I, it, it's hard to really get a feel for, for who's really going to win these games just now. I'll be interested to see, and I'm already seeing on social media, people are talking about, oh, you know, baking the excuse for Georgia. They don't want to be there when they lose to Cincinnati. I think Kirby Smart kind of righted that ship last year against Baylor. It did happen against Texas two years ago in the Big 12 championship, in the um, 
Sugar Bowl. Last year, they went back to the Sugar Bowl, played the Big 12 champs, Baylor. And look, you know exactly where the Big 12 runner-ups, Baylor, and you know exactly what they did. There were plenty of opt-outs. They took that week of practice seriously. They came to play. I I would expect more of the same from Georgia. You've already heard the Peach Bowl say that they want to honor Georgia's seniors and kind of give them a de facto senior day. Clearly, Cincinnati coming in as the undefeated group of five team with all the love in the nation, and they want to prove that they should have been in the playoffs. That will be a great matchup. I was on the team in 2007. We went to the Sugar Bowl. We played undefeated group of five team Hawaii, uh, and it was a long day for the Fighting Rainbow Warriors. Cole Brennan got his ass kicked. That was a that was a fun <laughs> night on Bourbon Street. So, look, we got it set up. Um, I, I was thrilled with the action all weekend long. I thought the football was good, um, and I'm ready for the college football playoff. It's already December 20th, so it's a quick turnaround. Usually you got about a month wait. Not the case yeah. this year. Yeah, it's like get ready, get going, and uh, just a little bit off talk, off topic right now, just because it does have to affect at least one of the guys playing uh, in the playoffs, and that's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we've talked about how crappy it is that he's going to be the number one pick to the New York Jets most likely, and and kind of watch it right now. The Jets are beating the Rams. Yeah, I the see Jets that. win, the Jacksonville Jaguars have actually had the number one pick. Is that Where right? Where would you go, Drew? Oh, Jacksonville by a mile. I mean, I, I think this is a great question. You know, you, yeah. could, you, could, you could attack this from many different angles. Yeah. You know, New York, Trevor Lawrence, I don't think he would shy away from the situation to be a superstar because he would. I mean, he would be yeah. a, a media darling. Everybody would love him. I don't think that he would necessarily view New York as a bad situation for him. But as a kid from Georgia who played at Clemson, the opportunity to go to Jacksonville, where the AFC South is so much more ripe for the taking, they've got talent down there in Jacksonville. I just think they need a, a culture shift. Um, no lack of no lack of commitment from their owner. Keep in mind, you know, you're you're one good player away, one good piece away for competing for a division title. I don't know if that's the situation in New York. Yeah, and the good thing about Jacksonville too is you want to make the most money in the no NFL. State income tax. Go. Hell yeah, no dude. state income tax in Tech in, in in Florida, in Texas where you play Houston. Yep. Uh, Tennessee, I believe, is no state income I tax. I believe either. you're correct on that as well. So, or one know, of the lowest, and then Indi- Indiana is one of the lowest as well in the country. That is yeah, the best so, place to and, be in the and, NFL. And of all those places in the A- in the AFC South, Jacksonville is the cheapest city to live in. So they always say a bunch of veterans who kind of have like a year or two to go and just want one big check to go out that Jacksonville's a spot to go if you wanted to make some, you know, good bang for your buck there. So uh, I would rather pick Jacksonville, warm weather. Yeah, I agree. You know, that media craziness, I think just New York is just ready to rip you up and throw you out kind of thing where Jacksonville's a little bit more low key. So I'm sure he's like, please Jets win this one. I think the Rams got the ball right now down 20 or uh, 23, 17. So we'll see if the Jets can hold off. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And, um, I'm watching the football games as well. You know, Jacksonville was in the AFC Championship game two years ago. Like, the Jets haven't sniffed the playoffs since Mark Mark Sanchez was quarterback. So, again, I just think that if he were to go to the Jags, that would be much more interesting storyline for more immediate success for Trevor Lawrence. Who who, who do the Jaguars have left? So, if if the Jets win, it's going to be, can the Jaguars win versus the Bears or Colts to finish the season? I think I think both those teams have a lot to play for. So compared to Jacksonville, so I would say most likely not unless your Bears just crap the bed there next weekend versus them. 
Absolutely. Um, I am in my semifinals of fantasy football right now. I am playing Jamie Lindley, former kicker for Georgia, um, and he has Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill right now. I am currently up by 17 points, so I need this game to slow down. I need Kansas City to run the football, keep it out of Mahomes' hands, don't let Tyreek Hill get hot, and your boy will be headed to the finals. So yeah, I, I don't know if I'm feeling too good if I'm you right now. <laughs> I know. Neither am I. Speaking of feeling good, though, I went 4-3 and three this past weekend on seven picks, so I finished up the season 44-33 and 33 against the spread. Damn. That's not too bad. My, my, my lock, though, my flip the field special. Five seven and one, not good enough. That's not going to cut it. You went two and five this past weekend, Aaron. Golly, you finished the season thirty seven and forty, but your locks went eight and five. So good job on your locks, my man. All right, it's Christmas week. Um, we're going to be back on Thursday. We're going to talk about some of the bowl games that are coming up. We'll also talk some more about the NFL as well and whatever else breaks. I'm sure there'll be some coaching announcements later on this week. We'll be back with some prize picks also. Murray, anything on the way out, my man? No, man. Exciting week. Uh, hopefully get some exercise in before I eat all this crappy food. We're starting, yep. off, the, we're starting off the week strong, though. Sunday night, we're getting pizza. So hey, I, I crushed a Mellow Mushroom pizza last night. So. Oh, we're about to get the holy shiitake tonight. From Mellow Mushroom. Oh, yeah. Boom. Love it. Uh, shout Love out Mellow Mushroom. Holler at me for a little podcast advertisement. Let's there go. you go. Follow us on social media at Punt and Pass, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at Aaron Murray 11. Check out puntpass.com. Have a Merry Christmas week. Happy holidays, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. See you.